Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, September 16th, 2022. It's my half birthday. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? Hold the cake, hold the ice cream, hold the candles. Uh, you know, it's just another day, you know, another day, another dollar. And my actual birthday in 2023, the big two eight, Adrian Peterson style is going to be also just another day, another day really slurred that I would literally work till eight o'clock at night. Uh, already got it circled on the calendar. It's one of our big events, but, but I will say this. Although it's a work event, there is an open bar for the students, but then I swoop in after and I I, I, I go nuts. Last year I had like four glasses of wine, smaller glasses, so it's probably like three quarters of a bottle, but you know, I did that in like an hour. Uh, and this time around it's my birthday, so they say no shots, but uh, maybe I'll bring my own and just supplement the rest of it. I don't know. Uh, I hope you're having a good Friday. My name is Quinn and I am the host of this show. I'm the best boy, caterer, line producer, key grip, all that good stuff. Hello to my friends in uh, Karachi. Hello to my friends in Hyderabad, Khyber Pass. What's going on? How are you? We are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in uh, Pakistan. I want to uh, say I don't really know what happened last week with the show. Uh, it was a great show. Greatest ripoffs in America. And it took forever uh, for it to show up on Apple Podcast. I don't know what it was. Uh, I checked this morning. I had, you know, I found out about it on like Monday or something like that. Um, and so I made some social posts about it. And then I didn't think to look again until this morning uh, was, was when I last looked. And it's on there now. So that in uh, 243 episodes, wherever we're at. Uh, at least as far as I, I'm aware, we've had very, very few problems getting things uploaded. Uh, that's the first time I've, I've ever had something not feed to Apple Podcasts right away. There was one time, maybe in like year two or year three, where I had pre... I, I experimented with SoundCloud a little bit, which I don't normally do, but I had pre-recorded something, and it was like on, on like the, a full week before, so... I don't remember what I was doing, but I was going somewhere where I couldn't upload, no internet. I, I don't know what it was. Regardless, I tried to do it like a scheduled thing on SoundCloud, and I, I accidentally kept it at private, even though you want to keep it at public, yada, yada, yada. That episode didn't drop to like the Monday after. So I apologize for those two technical mishaps in the last five and a half years of doing this show, but uh, four and a half, wherever we're at. This is year five, so this is a year. This is four and a half years of doing the show. It always confuses me. It's like when you know when you're in your first year of living, but you haven't turned one yet. But those Chinese say you're one the day you're born, which they have some explaining to do because that doesn't really make sense either. Well, I wanted to uh, this. The show's going to be a little scattered today, not in a bad way, but there's just, there's not one central topic. I'm trying to hit on there a couple of things, and thankfully I, I came up with something because I told Rachel like half an hour ago I was going to record my show, and then I had no idea what I wanted to talk about, and uh, hopped in the shower, poured myself some wild turkey bourbon. I actually am double fisting. Got a wild turkey, glass of wild turkey on the rocks, and a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I bought it. I bought the like 12, 12 bottle pack 
of Sam Adams seasonal stuff last week at Jewel. So we got three Oktoberfests. We got three Fest beers. There's three Boston Lagers, and there's three Pumpkins. And they're all pretty good, I got to say. I think I had had everything except for maybe the Pumpkin before. Good stuff. Good quality. Uh, I don't drink a ton of beer these days. Uh, In fact, that was the first time I'd ever, first time I'd bought like a 12-pack of beer um, in a while, I think. But it was good. It was good, and I'm working on uh, an Oktoberfest right now, and we had Oktoberfest uh, last week, German-American Oktoberfest in uh, Lincoln Square, which was a great time. Rachel and I went out there on Saturday hoping to meet up with some friends, and uh, no one texted back. That was good. But uh, we drank a lot of beer and uh, saw the uh, the tail end of the parade. We saw the last float. That was good. And we saw some good dancing. It was a good time. It was a beautiful Saturday. Drank a lot of beer. I like beer. We drank beers. Sometimes I had too much beers. A little Brett Kavanaugh shout out for you. So what are we talking about today? There's three main things I want to hit on. And uh, it's going to be short, which is good. Because, yeah, it's a very efficient show. There's no, no fat on the bone. We get right down to the meat and potatoes. We're going to be talking music first. Then we're going to shift to uh, a beloved game show, and we're going to finish it up with a uh, a, a fun, I think, a, a kind of a, a thinker, a uh, Beantown quiz question of the week, where I'm, there's going to be 10 correct answers, and you're just going to have to see how many you get, and you're going to let us know, Beantown Podcast, Yahoo.com. Again, that's Beantown, Ian Podcast, at Yahoo.com. I'm also on Twitter. I'm at White Buns with a Z. The show is at Beantown Cast, and that's how you can reach us. Uh, before we jump into the music, shout out to uh, Minnesota Vikings. Big, big, big W last Sunday against the rival Green Bay Packers. That was... You know, the thing with the Vikings and the Packers is the Packers typically win in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, for the most part, there's been seasons that are different. But it's always close. It's always a nail-biter, a barn burner, and that's because the Vikings just tend to play close games. They don't blow people out, like, ever, and it's rare that the Vikings will get blown out. Uh, so there's that aspect. And then Rodgers will always... Rodgers is kind of the same way. I mean, a little bit more extreme, but he's so good that you're never going to be out of it. But Aaron Rodgers also is kind of known, and the Packers, they've kind of developed this reputation the last couple of years for not pulling away from teams either. Um, and, you know, people are like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, amazing talent. And that's true. But, you know, there's guys like Mahomes and Brady who will just absolutely bury you given the opportunity. And Rodgers doesn't do much of that. At least not in the last five or six years. So it's always close. The point I'm trying to make here, this game was not close. And even though, uh, you know, until like late-ish, uh, it, was, it was two scores, to, uh, 16 points. Um, you know, towards the end, it, it, was, it was there until the Vikings extended it more. It, it never felt like... Oh, God, here come the Packers. I mean, there are one or two of those moments where you're like, oh, they could get back in this game. But for the most part, it was just like, uh, we got this. And I think with the 16 points, right, you need you needed two perfect scores, uh, touchdown, two-point conversion twice. And the way the Packers were just struggling to get 
the the easy ones, right? The the short down and distance, and that that was that was I think the biggest kind of shock for me watching that game was usually you play the Roger or you play you play the Packers, and Rogers is just as good as anyone in the league, if not the best, at getting those. You know, you get he gets down to third and four or less, like a, a quick Packers slant to Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Antonio Freeman, Jordy Nelson. Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, like that, it's a literally a guarantee. Like you can play whatever coverage you want. Roger's gonna put it exactly where it needs to be. And one, they didn't really try to do that this past week. I guess he just doesn't have confidence in his wide receivers. Although I can't believe they didn't try that with like Cobb uh or, or Tanyan or something. But uh whatever they were trying, it wasn't working. Uh and so I think, you know, knowing they needed to get two two point conversions, I was kinda like Anything can happen, but I would uh, just hedge my bets on the Vikings, given what I'm seeing, and that turned out to be the case. So, we'll see. Packers, Bears, Sunday night should be fun. Uh, I don't even know who I want to win. Probably the Pack or probably the Bears, just because it's more fun uh, when the Bears are like either doing really well or they're just doing awful. Uh, if they're just somewhere in between, it's just kind of like we've seen this story before, and it's not as exciting. And I'll pretty much root against Aaron Rodgers until he decides to hang it up. So I guess it means I'm root for the Bears. And then Monday night's Vikings-Eagles, which should be fun. I'll be watching live from Toronto, Canada. It'll be my first ever uh, time in the Big Apple. Toronto staying just down the street from the CNN Tower where uh, Anderson Cooper lives on, on weekends. So it should be a good time there on the shores of uh, Lake Ontario. I've never been to Toronto. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm only there for you know 24 hours, but uh, should be good. And speaking of 24 hours, I was just in Kansas City uh, Wednesday morning into Thursday morning, uh, and I'm still kind of this this week's been weird, man. I'm I'm pushing it today tonight into tonight as much as I can, uh, like energy levels wise. But basically, woke up. You know, not egregiously early, 6, 6 a.m. Wednesday, flew to Kansas City, worked there, um, went to bed, woke up at like 5, flew back here, worked all day, taught until 8.30 last night. Then I woke up at 4.45 this morning to start work at 5, and I've been going ever since. So it's like 6 p.m. now, 5.30 right now. So I'm just uh, grinding. But I'm very excited to kind of... Uh, hit the off button pretty soon here power down have some supper watch some tv and frankly fall asleep and uh probably sleep sleep pretty late 7 a.m 8 a.m looking forward to it all right what i actually promised you we were going to talk about uh first things first music so excuse me a shout out uh and uh just letting you know because it's great death cab for cutie album number 10 Studio album number 10. They have a million other side projects and stuff. Released today, Asphalt Meadows, A-S-P-H-A-L-T. Asphalt, great word. Came out this morning, listened to it at like 5.30 a.m. It was good stuff. Uh, They'd released a couple of singles beforehand. Uh, Roman Candles, which we've mentioned here on the show, From Here to Forever, came out like a month ago, something like that. And then uh, maybe a little bit more than a month ago. And then like then like a month ago, Foxglove Through the Clear Cut, uh, which is an all-time, all-time classic for sure, came out. 
And then they had debuted. They did a, a fundraiser like in Ben Gibbard's bedroom uh, last, uh, or just like two days ago, I guess, three days ago, something like that. And they played a new song there as well. So I had heard half of the album. Um, there's probably 10 tracks, something like that. Anyways, 11 tracks, I guess, more than I thought. Really good stuff. What I love about, a lot of things to love about this, uh, it, the, 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 um, the writing is, is classic Ben Gibbard. There's definitely been, uh, you know, some, some tracks on the last, uh, I'd say three albums. Uh, Thank you for today. Kintsugi and codes and keys where you're just like Ben kind of phoned this one in, but I think he had a lot of time as we all did over the pandemic to do some of that writing. This is their first uh, record in four years, uh, not counting EPs. And uh, the, 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 that's the thing with Death Cab. You always got to listen to the words, the lyrics. If you're just not paying attention, it's still going to be nice, but you're missing half of the, the genius of it. Uh, so some really good writing, uh, really uh, fun instrumentation, uh, and kind of a throwback to some of their you know, 90s records. Uh, so some good stuff there. Their opening track, uh, I don't know how he survives. It's got like a Weezer vibe to it. Uh, Roman Candles is a great one, is a banger. Uh, Asphalt Meadows is in uh, 10, 10 4 time. If you, you never heard of a song in 10 4 time, you got to go listen to Asphalt Meadows. Rand McNally, I think, is in 7 8. Uh, so they're doing some, some funky stuff there. Death Cab, not traditionally known for mixing it up with time signatures, but they do on this record. Uh, Here to Forever was, was the se- second single, and that's kind of a. That's kind of like what Crooked Teeth is to plans. Like it's a very like classic style, structured like pop kind of song. But I like the instrumentation on that one too. Fox Love Through the Clear Cut uh, came out like a month ago. Very unique. Death Cab's never done a song like that. I think they're closing their shows with it, uh, which I'm pumped to see because we saw we saw Death Cab at Summerfest back in uh, July or whenever that was, and they played. I, I can't remember if they played Roman Candles or not. They played Here to Forever, and it was the first time I had heard it, I think. It was before they dropped the single, um, and that was a good time. But they did not play Fox Club through the clear cut, because when they dropped that a month ago, it was the first time I'd heard it. Uh, very unique, but a great, great closer song, because it's got some good jams at the end. Feels like if you know the Blue Bloods EP that they did like three years ago, it feels like the Blue Bloods Blood song in terms of uh, how it's got a big like instrumental play out, which I love. And there are definitely, you know, not this isn't really a critique, but just something I wanted more of after I listened to the album the first time. There are a couple tracks where they could have done more of like a, a jam band play out kind of thing, and I wish they would have, uh, but that's okay. Uh, and then the back half, uh, you know, these aren't songs... Uh, for me, that were quite as memorable as the the front half, but and part of that is because I've listened to them once in my life at five thirty this morning before coffee. But uh, I know I liked Pepper; that was a good one. Uh, I miss Strangers. Uh, I don't recall much about that one, but I like it. We like Waves, uh, the the uh, Try Ultimate track. I don't remember anything about Fragments from the Decade. Also, don't remember anything about. And then the last one, I'll never give up on you. I really liked. Uh, pretty unique. Uh, it's a style that Death Cab doesn't really get into or has gotten into. Uh, and it's like, it's only three and a half minutes, but uh, I like it. It was fun. It's not a traditional Death Cab closer, uh, album closer. Anyways, uh, 
that's Asphalt Meadows, 11 tracks, probably like 40, 45 minutes total. And I encourage you to go listen to it. It's, uh, I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, everyone's, everyone's praising it, and everyone's saying it's like they're definitely their best album since Narrow Stairs, which uh, was 2008. Basically, Death Cab, but Death Cab goes like, their first three albums were like before they really hit it big, late 90s, early 2000s, and then Transatlanticism came along in like 2000 three or five or whatever that was and that was just they blew up and then they had uh, plans which was another big one soul meets body and then uh narrow stairs was kind of like the end of that those those three are like their big commercial success and then uh you get into kind of modern death cab you got codes and keys which people really hate but i think is a great album his uh kind of at the peak of his relationship with zooey deschanel and then you get, uh, what's after that? You get Kintsugi, which made a lot of waves because it was like their breakup album. And, uh, you know, no one's no one's saying like, oh, this is one of their best. But I still think there are some tracks that on that that are some of my favorites. Absolutely. And then you get their uh, their their most recent album until today, which was Thank You For Today, which was just kind of like... It's a couple tracks on there that are fine, and I really didn't, uh, I didn't, it just, I don't know, it didn't really leave much of an imprint on me. I've tried to go through it from start to finish a couple times, and I just don't love it that much. Ironically, the one track on that that I really do like is Gold Rush, which was their lead single off of that, and people really hated that song. It samples Yoko Ono, Yoko Ono. I think it's a great song. But people really hated it and mostly hated the rest of the album, which I didn't hate. I was just like, eh. It felt like they were really phoning it in. It was the first record they made with the new guys. And it was just kind of like, eh. Just not impressionable. This one, we're back. We're uh, fully loaded. So Asphalt Meadows, I encourage you to check it out. I really love it. I think you'll like it too. Be ready for the crazy time signatures. Listen to the lyrics. Good production value. And uh, we're, go, we're seeing Death Cab a week from tomorrow. Should be fun. Tomorrow's a huge concert week. The Killers on Wednesday. And Death Cab, for, Killers have the number one single in America right now, right, boy? And then Death Cab on Saturday. Literally like two of my easily, easily in my top ten all-time favorite bands getting to see them in the same week so that's pretty pretty cool pretty special should be a good time Mm. all right sip of my sam adams let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor then we're going to finish up finish up with some uh game shows and trivia and and that sort of thing i want to thank our sponsors home pride oregon we need what's up yeah yeah i'm double fisting Mm mm-hmm and you can open the wine triple fisting Oh, boy. <laughs> That's why Rachel needs a microphone. Mm. Earlier, she was going to come on and give her top ten book reviews from the week, but that fell through. Rats. Our good friends, Home Pride Oregon, when you need, you, when you need your home, inspect, home inspected in Central Oregon, you got to call the experts. You need someone that you can trust. Guys, you got to call my dad, Steve. 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideorgan.com. 
Trust the best in Central Oregon. Heating, cooling, roofing, plumbing, HVAC, all that good stuff. When my Uber driver, speaking, speaking of HVAC, furnaces, that good stuff. When my Uber driver picked me up, take me to Midway on Wednesday morning, he asked me how I say my name. And I said, oh, you know, that, that's a pretty common question. You know, furnace, furnace, whatever. I said, oh, it's furnace, like thing in your house. And he's like, no, how do you say your first name? And I was like, oh, just, just Quinn. I, I, that, that's 27 years. You can talk about the male, female, whatever, but I've never been asked, how do you say it? Um, and then that's when he got into, oh, so I saw your name and I thought you were a girl. And I was just like, I mean, we ended up having a, a fine conversation, but I didn't really understand that. Cause it's like, even if, even if we got like a 60, 40 female to male Quinn ratio these days, which whatever, I don't care. How does that impact the pronunciation? Like, how else would you say that? Queen? I My Instagram handle is Q.QueenD. But the, the, the Queen and Quinn, I think, are very distinct, very different. I don't know. Never got that before. I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, call the experts, Home Pride Oregon. Ask for Steve if his assistant Rumi picks up. You got to he gotta got to get in touch with the experts. All right, our good friends, uh, the Samson Q2U series. There's a Jeopardy question. We're going to be talking Jeopardy in about two minutes here that I'm really frustrated I didn't get. It was uh, basically like the three, three, names in the bio, three names in the Old Testament that have both a first and a second, which I guess this isn't our Beantown quiz question of the week, but those uh, bibliophiles out there, you can pause and take a guess. So again, the three... And there are six total. But there are three names in the Bible, or excuse me, in the Old Testament. Three, six total, meaning it constitutes six books. Six divided by two, first and second X, first and second Y, first and second Z. Three total. So what are they? Uh, two are just things, and one is a, a prophet's name. And that's what they wanted. They gave you the things. They wanted the prophet's name. And I couldn't get it. I was really embarrassed. Uh, granted, it happens in about two seconds, but so it's first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, which might be where Samson is from, or he might be in this one, first and second Samuel. I think he might be in first Samuel or something like that. The point I'm trying to make, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. And, of course, our good friends, Cuts by Q. When you need a fresh juice on the snappy new call the experts at Cuts by Q, they are the trusted experts in the Chicagoland area, northwest Indiana, uh, where Papa's is located. I saw a social a Facebook post from Papa's today. They're at their home base on Lowell Street in uh, Morse, Indiana, or whatever it is, this weekend. So go check them out. They have a new hot dog stand, whatever that means. There are no pictures. I don't know. I'm excited. Papa's is really expanding. Uh, North Shore, Omaha, wherever. Did you know I found this out uh, earlier when I was at Kansas City? There are no direct flights from Omaha to Kansas City. That's just, I, I'm i not going to be like, oh, God, that's like a groundbreaking, baffling fact. But that's just, it perplexed me. It tickled my fancy, if you will. I want to know the origin of that phrase, tickled my fancy. I could understand if it was tickle my fanny. Because, <laughs> you, you know, you're like island of perpetual tickling, a little feather, 
you know, snicker, hee hee ha ha. But if tickle my fancy, let's pull up the internet. Tickle my fancy. Definition of tickle someone's fancy to interest or attract someone, obviously. Help me out, Merriam Webster. Give me break break down the history for me. Learn more. Yes, I would like to learn more. Origin. Okay, we're going back to Google. This is what the Beantown Podcast is all about. Sitting here while Quinn types with one finger, learning random minutiae that is probably interesting for about 30 seconds. But you, le- you learn something regardless. Okay, origin of Tickle My Fancy. This is from Ancestry.LiveJournal.com. So we can trust it. Okay, let's see, yada, yada, yada. I'm trying to, trying to cut through the crap for the listeners. All right, idiomatic, euphemism for sexual pleasure. Oh, th- though it can be used as a euphemism. Oh, I don't use it that way. If you break down the phrase, tickle is used to mean to excite or stir up in a pleasing manner, yes. And fancy as a noun, that means a notion or whim, a fantasy. I don't really, fancy as a noun, I'm not as familiar with that. Dating at least from the late 1700s, tickle your fancy's original definition may have originally, they use originally twice, lazy writing, been closer to our modern euphemistic approach. One of the earliest known references comes from Abraham Tucker's 1774 In the Light of Nature Pursued. Sounds like a death cap song. The author tells of animals whose play had a quality of striking the joyous perception or, as we vulgarly say, tickling the fancy. All right, we're getting way too deep into this, not learning anything, just giving Ben Gibbard song ideas. You're going to just have to trust your gut on that one, trust your fanny on that one. All right, welcome to part two of the Beantown Podcast. I wanted to, or the second half, I guess. I wanted to, I think a lot of the people who listen to this show are, are, are trivia fans. Although it could be the opposite, because frequently when we do our Beantown trivia question of the week, we receive no responses. So maybe I'm off on that. However, I wanted to touch on the game of Jeopardy real quick, which debuted its 38th season, I think, this week. So we just finished our first week of shows. Five games down. Ken Jennings is the host. Life is good. Whatever. Now, for those of you who don't know Jeopardy very well, I'm not going to break down the entire game for you, but essentially final Jeopardy all comes down to that, right? You can wager as much as you want up to the amount of money you already have. So if you have 12000 you can wager 12000 between 0 and $12,000. If you have... 5000 you can wager up to 5000 If you have $1, you can wager $1. If you're in the negatives or zero, you don't play, which I love when that happens. So betting strategy, wagering strategy, this is a big thing not only in the game with uh, daily doubles, all three of them, but, of course, final jeopardy. For example, if you have $20,000, you're in first place, and the second place person has $2,000, you are guaranteed to win if you bid, you know, 15000 give or take, or less. So you could play for 40000 or risk going home with nothing, essentially, or you could just guarantee that you get somewhere between 5000 and 
35000 It's a pretty clear choice, right? What's well, one example of betting strategy? A second example of betting strategy this is what I want to talk about. If you are in the lead in Jeopardy, going into final Jeopardy, but it's not what we call a runaway, which is the example I just posed, where you have more than double the second place score, but you're in the lead, you should always, and I'm, I'm not, the phone lines are always open, but on this point, I will stand for zero uh, counterpoint, debate, discussion. I, and the, the, the numbers show this as well. I will stand for zero dissension on what I'm about to say. If you are in what we say control of the game, you are in control of your own destiny, right? Baseball, you know, you win this game, you're in the playoffs, but if you lose and the other team loses, you're still in the playoffs. That's controlling your own destiny. Same thing going into Final Jeopardy. You bet to win. You don't bet to lose. You bet. You don't give your control of the game to someone else. And for anyone who knows Jeopardy or has seen an episode before, that seems very straightforward, right? You always see someone betting like 8,201, right? Why do they bid the one? So that you don't tie. So you have exact, if you both get it right, you have exactly one more dollar than if second place bid everything. So that's, that's the scene I'm setting. That's, what, that's the picture I'm painting for the listeners here today. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it happened not once, which if it happens ever, that's shocking. Like, what are you doing? It happened twice in five games of Jeopardy this week. I don't know what this alarming, disturbing trend is, but someone has got to, someone's got to do something. So here, here's what happens. Let's say just using very raw round numbers, for purposes of this game. You're going in finally, you got 15 grand. Second place got 10 grand. We're not worried about third place. Now, conventional betting would say you bid $5,001 if you're in first place because then you uh, you get it right and doesn't matter what second place does. Doesn't matter if they get it right, they get it wrong. Now, if you if you lose and second place is smart, they would bid nothing because then second place would win by one dollar because you would lose, go down to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. And yeah, that's a real possibility. But are you going to bet on yourself? You here's what I come back to. It's not easy to get on Jeopardy, and it's not easy to get to first place going into Final Jeopardy. You uh, do the online test. You do a Zoom audition. In earlier days, you travel to one of you know five cities to do an in-person thing. I got invited to that once. Couldn't make the date work. You go through multiple. You you take another written test there. You if you pass that, you go in front of the producers and play a practice game to see what your stage presence is like. If you're selected out of that pool, you get thrown into a pool that may or may not get called in the next 12 months. If you do get called, you're thrown into a random taping day. You fly out to Los Angeles. You're out of your comfort zone. You're wearing tight, fancy clothes. You might go up against a James Holtzauer or a Matt Amodio 
Who knows? That's just to get on the stage at Sony Pictures Studios. And then you got to navigate through an entire nerve-wracking game. It's fast-paced. It's bright lights. It's Johnny Gilbert. You did all that to get to first place. And rather than bet on yourself, you're, you're hoping that someone else misses the question. I, I have no sympathy. I have no understanding. It's just a straight botch. And it happened twice this week. There's no other word but egregious. E-G-R-E-G-I-O-U-S. Not that hard to spell once you get going. It's terrible. Uh, And it happened twice. And neither, guess what happened? Neither time it worked out because both times the first place bet, you know, a very small wager and second place bet it all or whatever and second place won. And first place both times got it right. So both strategies backfired brilliantly, which is why you don't do it. This happened on Tuesday, I think, for the first time, and the lady would have knocked off the five-day champ, or he ended up being the five-day champ at that point. He was like a three-day champ. But she, just making that decision, left something like $30,000 on the table. I mean, we're talking, for some people, that's definitely not life-changing money. For a lot of people, that is very much life-changing money. And then the guy who lost today, the uh, the guy. I and I, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, because it is it, it was today, and you might not even have it aired in your market yet. Just watch; it's really rough. I guess I have already spoiled it in some capacity, but I'm not going to say any more because you understand it. I just uh, there's no reason. How can you get all that way, and say? You know what? Even if it's a category like you're like, I don't think I know much about this. You got to be pretty smart to make it on Jeopardy and pretty talented to get that far. I just can't wrap my mind around making that decision and not believing in yourself after all that yourself has has done to get that far. Just, just shocking. All right. Get off my soapbox. Our last thing here is in the vein of trivia. It's a straight trivia question. It's geography. Uh, It's America. It's driving. It's very patriotic. I've got a Beantown trivia question for you. It's probably our most ambitious single question trivia yet. Again, uh, we just want to see how many you can get. If anyone got all 10 on this without cheating, I would be very impressed. It would be a true hats off to you moment. Email us beantownpodcast@yahoo.com. Again, it's beantownpodcast@yahoo.com. Text me, call me, tweet at me, whatever, whatever you need to do. So I just came up with this in the shower. I thought it'd be really fun. It's something I think about a lot, and actually uh, was I originally started thinking about it yesterday, or rather Wednesday night. I was after waiting 25 minutes to get an Uber from uh, the the place where we we worked back to downtown Kansas City. I ended up having a a lengthy conversation with my Uber driver uh, like four different times that day. Not the same person, but every Uber driver I had on this trip to Kansas City was chatty, Um, which is just, I don't know, I guess it's that Missouri Missouri kindness they speak about. But we were talking about uh, Interstate 35 because I was wearing my Vikings hats. We're talking about, you know, Albert Lee, Twin Cities, 
dad's side of the family, whatever, talking about, oh, Kansas City, I-35, Albert Lee, I-35. Uh, my brother lives in Austin, I-35. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an all-American interstate. So you might see where I'm going here because I'm asking for the top 10 U.S. interstates by length. And I'm not going to give you any clues. We're going to come back to this next week. Don't let me forget. Um, and I'll, you know, just just so we don't just throw it out there and then end the show, I'll, I'll tell you what the what the shorter interstates are, or at least the shortest one, because I didn't know. You can also guess what the shortest interstate is, the, what what number it is, but it's not even an interstate I'd ever even heard of. Um, so just as a reminder, as you're starting to formulate this stuff, uh, just so you don't make any embarrassing gaffes. Um, even interstates go east-west, odd interstates go north-south, roughly. And traditionally, it's not, you know, it's it's not to a T, but if something going east-west ends in a zero, it's transcontinental. If something north-south ends in a five, it goes border to border, more or less. It's not perfect. Okay, so I want you to give me the top ten by length in miles. Let's see. Um, a lot of you probably already know what number one is, but let me just look at some of these distances here. Oh, and if uh, you know if there's a tie, you have to guess what the longest one's length is in miles. I know I'm going to Canada on Monday. I won't tolerate any of this kilometer crap. Okay, give me old-fashioned miles, 5,280 feet. Okay, there's that. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There is a pretty big drop off, uh, you know. So between nine and ten is only a difference of twenty nine miles, and between ten and eleven is a difference of one hundred and six miles. I feel like the government knew what they were doing when they were creating an elite top ten. Um, so we go all the way down to the bottom. Here's your last chance to guess before I tell you. The shortest interstate in the country is I eighty seven. It's 12.9 miles, and it's found in Raleigh, North Carolina, going to Wendell, North Carolina. Excuse me. And it was formed in 2017. That might also be... There were a couple a couple shorties, one in Texas, one in Nevada, one in North Carolina, that were formed in 2017. So it looks like the... The Department of Transportation got some got some taxpayer funds or something and completed some fun new projects. Doesn't look those are by far the newest. There's uh one in twenty thirteen I see. Also in Texas. I two. What a good one. I two. Um uh, one in twenty fifteen. I forty one. I'm actually uh familiar with that. Goes from Russell, Illinois to Howard, Wisconsin. It's it's basically the uh, the old US-41, which people in Chicago will know. Uh, US-41, that's a hell of a route. I just clicked on it because I didn't know the full extent of it. It goes all the way. So 41 is uh, Lakeshore Drive. Uh, US-41 goes all the way from Copper Harbor, Michigan at a modest cul-de-sac I love I love how forty route U.S. Route forty one not interstate U.S. Route forty one ends in a modest cul de sac at the tip of the Kiwani no that's not right Key Key Keweenaw Peninsula what a name it's the very top of the U.P. in Michigan 
Uh, and its southern terminus is Naples, Florida. What a place. But yeah, I-41 in Illinois. That's uh, it's classic Lakeshore Drive stuff. Passes by the Museum of Science and Industry. It's a quasi-expressway. I love, love quasi. And then, uh, yeah, comes Lakeshore Drive. All right, so to, to, to put a bow on this, again, I'm looking for the top 10 U.S. interstate highways. There are 70 that you can choose from. I already told you a couple of them, but don't guess those because they're wrong. I'm looking for the top 10 by length in miles, and uh, for fun, why don't you guess how long the longest one is and uh, how many states it passes through. This, uh, this was a trivia question once, I think, uh, it, and it referenced the longest interstate highway, um, which I won't tell you, but it, it asked how many states it passes through, and I think I got it because I think I was able to map it out. Um, living where I live in the country is helpful for that. If I lived in like Florida, I would probably have no idea. That being said, it's not the most states. There is one other interstate that passes through more states than the aforementioned longest interstate. So that's our Beantown Trivia Question of the Week, guys. That's my show. I got nothing else for you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting our show as we near episode 250 of the Beantown Podcast. As always, my name is Quinn David Furness. Wish me luck in Toronto. And uh, I'll find some good poutine and I'll report back. P-O-U-T-I-N-E. Cue up the outro music, everyone. I hope that you stay safe, stay sane. Here comes spooky season. I'll check in on you next time. Bye.